Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of our first series, Climate Justice in West Asia, on the Ajial podcast. Um, I'm your host, Rayan Kasim, Regional Director for Youth for Nature. Uh, and today we'll be discussing militarization and its effects on climate movements in Syria and Yemen. Um, with me are our guests, Lama Ranjouz, she's representing Syria, and she's the previous country coordinator for Syria at the Arab Youth Climate Movement. And she was also involved with the UN and GCY as a global focal point on migration. And our second guest, Ala Mustafa, is representing Yemen, and he's a global ambassador at Youth for Nature, and he's also the Environment and Climate Change Program Coordinator at the International Youth Council in Yemen. So hello, hi, Lama and Ala. Um, thank you for being here today. We'll just shift to our first segment right now, which is a segment of quick questions with quick, with quick answers, and then we'll jump to our discussion. So let's start off with, um, I'll ask the question, Lama answers, and then Ala answers, and then we'll do it for every question. So number okay. one, um, isolationism versus integrationism. 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 All right. Number two is cultural social justice part of climate justice. Uh, it should be. Yes. All right. Number three is the international community responsible for the war happening in your country. Partially. Of course, yes. Okay. And the last question is from one to ten. How much focus is given to the climate nowadays in your country? Uh, two. Two to three. I can say three. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. This was our first segment. Quick questions, quick answers, and now let's let's in, let's initiate the discussion. Um, let's just sort of tell our audience that we're here to discuss how war, the lack of you know national security and political stability. Um, affects climate movements in Western Asia. We know that there is an ongoing war. It's been a few years in Yemen and in Syria, and we want to delve into youth priorities. And over here we have youth um, who are Ala and Lama, and we want to see how war and militarization has affected, you know, their uh, like their youth priorities um, in their countries regarding the climate movement. So uh, maybe I could start off with Lama, and then the second question um, we could shift to Hala. Um, Lama, were you involved in the climate movement in your country prior to the war, and how ha and how has the war affected your progress? Sort of maybe you could start to tell us: Was there even a climate movement in Syria before the war, and was it affected? Did it like grow stronger or did it grow weaker? And how did like how were you involved in this, and how did it affect you? Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Um, so I would say, yes, it was like a, a very shy um, tries to, to work on the climate change, but not really in a direct way. So before the war, my first job actually was uh, with the local NGOs, and I worked as a member of a team called the Green Team, uh, which focused to create a national learning and development. One of those, like, um, uh, learning activities was war, uh, like uh, uh, raising awareness about climate change. So not was like the main focus of the program, but one one of the activities. Um, so that before the war, uh, and of course, after the war, uh, I was more involved with the AYCM, uh, the Arab Youth Climate Movement, 
but um, in general, I, I moved to the humanitarian sector um, and I focused more on that part. I tried my best to stay with the climate movement uh, doing those uh, activities, but yeah, of course, like it shifted, uh, the focus shifted totally to humanitarian response. Can I ask why, um, why did that happen? Is it because there was international funding towards humanitarian, uh, like humanitarian um, issues rather than climate issues? Is that part of it? Yeah, well, before the war and during the war, there was no really a good fund for climate change or environmental activity. Uh, it's not really that much. Uh, but after the war, <coughs> yes, like it was not a priority for people. Um, so it was, um, I'm sorry to say that, but uh, some people would say it's like silly. It's silly for me to discuss climate change, why um, people were dying from other, uh, from the war itself. So I, I found it very challenging uh, to keep working on that and trying to motivate people to pay attention to climate change and what's happening. Well, while in the same time that like there is bombing and there is many, many reasons that actually cause death, um, direct death, not really uh, death that we, sometimes we'll discuss about the climate change and the impact of the climate change uh, on the next generation. Um, yeah, but war was more like, like about how to live the moment and trying to survive without um, have been killed by other reasons. Sort of now caring about the climate or climate justice, sort of um, a luxury for those not living in survival mode. Is this what you're yeah. trying to say? Yeah. 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 All right. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Lama. Um, let's switch back to Ala. Ala, how did your priorities change during the war or, or militarization in Yemen? Does the stability affect how you perceive the environment? Do you care less about it because there is a war? Um, how did it, like, how did it affect your priorities at the like as a youth to protect the environment or to achieve climate justice? So, Ryan, uh, of course, stability uh, affects how I uh, perceive the environment because uh, if stability is found in Yemen and the humanitarian situation gets better, then it will raise the awareness of the youth and the government about the environmental issues. Uh, we, will have, we will find a space in which we share uh, the environmental issues <clears throat> And more importantly, uh, the society can hear us because uh, the war has increased the, the people's suffering in many aspects, uh, such as the lack of water, uh, draft and food security. But uh, still, they don't know anything about the climate movement because of the war. And like, was there was there awareness regarding the climate movement before the war? Uh, no, uh, actually, before the war, uh, I, I, I don't know that there is uh, anyone who advocates for the environment in Yemen, uh, except for a number of two people that I know them personally. But uh, during the war, this uh, has raised, uh, this makes uh, the youth in Yemen uh, be involved in the political participation. But uh, the, uh, you, can, you cannot find anyone who is advocating for climate change or the environmental issues. So still pretty basic in Yemen, even before the war and now during the war and as we might expect after the war. 
um, sort of, let me ask you a follow-up question. So you both said that social justice is part of climate justice. And so we can achieve climate justice in your countries without achieving social justice. Could you, um, we'll ask Ala and then we'll go back to Lama. Could you give us like some practical, um, you know, so solutions as to how if we achieve social justice, we might achieve climate justice in Yemen, for example? Uh, I didn't get to your question, Brian. So, like, um, we like we were discussing that one barrier to achieving climate justice is having social justice. So, people having access to you know public services, national security, all of these things. So, if we achieve these things, then people might be able to shift focus on focusing on the you know on the climate, like. Do you think that if we do that, like if we give people public services and national security, then we can shift to, or that people will have a better ability on focusing on climate justice? Of course, Rayan, and that's what, uh, what we are suffering here in Yemen. Uh, I'm working with a uh, non-governmental organization. So the NGOs in Yemen are mainly focusing on uh, humanitarian projects and uh, to give people uh, the uh, life there to improve their livelihood. So when we are talking uh, about making projects about environmental education or, uh, or to improve the, uh, the climate uh, situation in Yemen, uh, people are telling you that you are talking about silly things. Uh, we are not, uh, we don't need these things nowadays because uh, they are focusing mainly on uh, basic things in Yemen. So they, they see the environment and climate change as a secondary issue that we will uh, work on. Okay. Um, sort of to switch back to you, Lama, I know that it's like, it might be the same in Syria. And so is there something we could do regarding, uh, you know, like, like the environment, sort of promoting nature-based solutions as a way for ecotourism sort of to generate income within the sector, do you think that like it would go hand in hand or in parallel with humanitarian um, projects? Yeah, well, thank you for this question, Ryan, because I think also the humanitarian uh, response should be, should take into consideration uh, the environmental aspect and climate change uh, impact. Uh, so why, while uh, programs are like implemented human, for a humanitarian response, they should have uh, that like uh, hand in hand, let's say, um, this part of, of uh, uh, let's say like environmental se sensitive uh, programs as well. Um, unfortunately, until this moment, it's it's not that like they are not like this. Uh, or let's say the humanitarian response are more emergency response um but luckily enough that now for in some part of the syria they are like trying to um, start the recovery programs uh, um, in some uh, of uh, let's say stable stable uh relatively stable than other uh, places in syria uh so they are like introducing this uh, uh, terms um uh, and introducing the sdgs with, which i think it's really big step so when you are talking about sustainable, um, uh, the uh, sustainable development goals, you, you are talking also about like uh, uh, climate change. Um, so I think that's a big step. And um, from that part, like I, I feel more, uh, 
very positive about this introduction uh, to SDGs and that how that how will impact the climate uh, change movement in Syria. Okay, um, just to talk about the, the like like the climate movement. I understand that it's pretty basic to you know partially not existing in both countries. So mm -hmm. the fear I wanted to ask. How does that like how does the climate movement in your countries differ to the climate movement in the west do you feel like there's a relation between the global climate movement or the or the climate movements in the western countries um as to like the climate movements in your countries like 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 is there a synergy between the two uh well the climate i will talk about the syria climate movement which is part of the arab climate movement i think it's uh, aligned with the the international climate movement in general but i don't think it should uh, also have the same uh themes that for example the the a priority for a country it should uh, it should be showed on the uh, climate movement uh in this country it shouldn't be really talking about um, a priority for uh, other like Western countries. Uh, we're still uh, a, a developing country. We have our own priority. We have our own problems, and the impact of climate change will be really high, uh, higher than the other countries. So, uh, yeah, I think it should be aligned, but not uh, having the same priority. Um, just before to switch to Ala to answer that question. Are you saying that, you know, the global climate movement is asking you to join them um, as opposing that they join you? Like, is, like, is this what I'm trying to understand? Yeah. Okay. Like instead of the local movements in developing country joining the um, international movements, it should be the other way around. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, Ala, what is your... Um, what is your intake on that? So uh, you are talking about uh, how we can uh, replicate the global movement in uh, Yemen? No, not to replicate, but like, do you feel like there's a difference between the global climate movement and the climate movement in Yemen? Um, do you relate to the global one or not? Of course, uh, of course, Rayan, uh, in Yemen, we, we have a different situation. So uh, when we want to advocate for the environment like the Western uh, young people do, we, we, will we will not have people interested in these topics because uh, in Yemen we have different culture than the Western culture. So uh, people uh, basically, they are not educated uh, to understand the basic things of the environment. Uh, when you talk to them about uh, the environmental issues, you you must uh, uh, you must uh, give them an overview about the basics of the environment to understand the 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 big issue of the climate change. So we still have so many things to do in Yemen, like uh, changing the education system and uh, making people interesting uh, interested in these things. <clears throat> All right. So like I'm kind of noticing that there is a lack of climate awareness in both countries, and there is also a lack of funding support and not just funding but a movement support in both countries so like three things in total um let me just sort of switch to the sort of last question we have um we'll go to lama and then we'll go back to ala what message of accountability do you have for the international community and let me just explain that 
Um, we mentioned that, or you both mentioned that partially or completely that the international community is responsible for the war in your countries. So are they accountable for that? Because if they're not account or if they are accountable for that, then they're also accountable for the uh, lack of movement in the climate action atmosphere in your country. So um, if you could answer that, and then if you could follow up with a question, um, how should youth support you and pushing for climate movements forward. So how can youth around the world, not just in the Western world, but globally, how can they support you? How, they can, how can they support your climate movements in your country to be pushed forward? Um, yeah, let's start with them. Okay, so for the first question, I would say the, it's very important to, for the international com community to be accountable for what they are doing and what the opportunities that they offer. So what they are doing, basically, to, to hold accountable for, for their actions, or what they are miss, they miss their, if there is a project or there is like a, a programs that they are working on and they want to develop in my country or they develop any other country, uh, we should be aware of, uh, we should be part of it. Uh, we should be partner with them uh, in that sense. Uh, is to, to like the to be accountable for the opportunities that they are offer uh, for youth at least like uh, because i think um so for example i will give an, an example but um, uh, it could be uh, it could like go for other also um, uh, parties let's say for like any 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 climate movement uh, international climate organization let's say working on a project in syria so i would like for the Syrian youth to be aware of that, what they are offering or what the opportunity that the, the youth can work with this international organization. Because I think there is a um, lack of sharing this information with, with the uh, all the stakeholders in, in general and specifically the youth. So you can say maybe um, um, uh, NGOs in Syria might have access to this information, but other stakeholders they might not really have this access. So the target group is not really covering all the stakeholders uh, in the um, uh, Syrian community. Um, the second question is um, what I want to, from the international youth yeah. uh, to support uh, the Syrian youth. Um, I really, will, uh, for, for that first ask is to, to understand the differences um, in culture, in the impact of climate change, uh, in all the aspects of life, it's, it's really different. And if they if they understand that differences, they might also work on or to help in creating solutions or supporting youth in Syria to create solution, uh, a solution that apply for uh, uh, um, uh, Western countries might not really apply in Syria. So a bit of effort to understand the differences and what works and what not works on um, on different countries that will be really helpful. Right, and sort of this is why we're doing these episodes, sort of to be able to bridge that knowledge gap in between youth um, in other countries and youth in our country, so that even if they want to support and want to learn, they need some basic knowledge, uh, some discussions, some you know episodes like this. Um, yeah, I'll go back to you, Ala. Would you like me to repeat the the two questions, or you or you know them? Uh, yeah, please. Okay, cool. 
So the first is what message of accountability do you have for the international community? As we said, because they might be partially involved in these wars and so how are they accountable? And number two, do you have any message to the youth around the world? How can they support youth in Yemen to support uh, or to push climate movements forward? Okay, so uh, Ryan, regarding the international community, uh, they are asked to, uh, you know, that billions of dollars are spent in Yemen in, uh, in the name of humanitarian projects and uh, humanitarian relief, but we don't see any positive change in Yemen. Uh, the war is uh, is going, and uh, and nothing has changed until now. So uh, we need uh, developmental projects in Yemen uh, that we that targets the educational system that that can help us to build a generation that uh, is able to uh, to build a better Yemen for the next generations. And uh, regarding your uh, second question, <clears throat> I think the uh, the international of uh, the global youth. Uh, can uh, assist uh, Yemen youth in uh, edu educating them in the uh, environmental issues. Because Ryan, in Yemen, uh, not only youth that are not aware of environmental issues, but uh, only people who are uh, involved in uh, the uh, humanitarian work or they, uh, I, I, I talk about people who are uh, educated. They they don't know anything about climate change. So when we are when we want to to make a climate movement in Yemen, and we still have uh, people who don't know anything about climate change, we we can't achieve any result. Okay. Yeah. Hundred percent. I agree. Um, sort of. There needs to be support regarding whether it's in um, awareness um, regarding climate change, but on a personal note. I prefer that the international community support that education through local NGOs in Yemen or in Syria, rather than having them come and educate people. Uh, because as you both said that there are local issues that only, you know, local people know. Um, sort of, these were my questions. Thank you so much for, uh, for, for joining. I know that we can elaborate more. Uh, first and foremost, um, I hope that one day, very, very soon, all of these wars end, whether it's in Syria or in Yemen or in any other country in West Asia, so that we could have peace, national security, political stability, so we can, you know, push forward the climate movements, because as you both said, there's, like, there's a lot of um, background um, information that is lacking, which is, you know, awareness regarding climate change and climate movements before we initiate that climate movement that, you know, we want to have. Um, so thank you both so much. Thank you, Ala. Thank you, Lama, for joining me. And for our audience, thank you for listening. Um, I hope that you've learned something. We'll have a conclusive webinar at the end of the series where you can come and join as an audience and ask Ala and Lama or anybody else, um, you know, follow up questions on these things and let us know your opinion on these things. Um, do you both have any closing thoughts, any closing remarks, Ala and Lama? Uh, thank you, Ryan, and thank uh, you for uh, nature. Sorry, <laughs> um, for having us. Uh, I, I want to end on a positive note. Um, despite the the war, the ongoing war in in Syria, there is a really amazing initiatives uh, run by youth in a different sectors 
uh, included in environment. So there is a lot of uh, uh, positivity going on and they, they are working on the ground despite all these challenges. I encourage uh, people to, to search for these uh, initiatives and learn more about them and try to support the, those youth who are still in Syria and trying to um, work on the issue of uh, climate change and environmental um, issues. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Lama. Thank you, Rihanna. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to uh, give you my uh, opinions. And uh, that's all. Thank you both. Um, take care and see you all in our next episode. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.